Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So pleased to see you've once again returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And no, no, I'm not down on the ground floor. I'm up here. Yes, uh, if you'll make your way to the stairway uh, over there, uh, come up here to the uh, the interior balcony, the overlook, if you will. Uh, we've got a little bit of an alcove set up here where we have uh, something of an observatory where we like to uh, look out at the stars using this uh, this antique brass telescope. Yes, if you would take a look into the viewfinder, you might see our very own orbiting satellite, the moon. Uh, some call it. And if you look carefully, you might find that it keeps getting a little closer than it was the last time you glanced at it. A frightening thought indeed, and that is the subject of our latest episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new movie, Moonfall. Now, before we get into Moonfall, I do have to apologize. This episode probably should have been out yesterday, but I have been dealing with a toothache that has just been killing me lately. About a month ago, I went to get my, my six-month cleaning, and they found out I have a, a necrotic tooth, which uh, brought me great joy and great delight because thinking of my tooth as a little necromancer in my mouth, uh, bringing bits of beef or pork back to life, that uh, I had eaten in a, a previous meal. Just, uh, I found that quite bemusing, <laughs> but uh, I, I've got this necrotic tooth and it is killing me. And I have got like a couple more weeks before my appointment to get it pulled. And yesterday I found myself with an emergency trip to an urgent care and just the pain has been unbearable, but uh, the pain has subsided enough and I'm powering through enough to bring you this episode uh, because this is a movie that uh, I heard about. Uh, there wasn't much fanfare about it. I think I just happened across it. I was looking at what movies were coming out in 2022 to see, you know, what we had to look forward to on the show and kind of get an idea of some of the things I needed to, you know, jot down in my schedule to... Uh, you know, to watch so we can do episodes on it. And Moonfall was one of those. Uh, once I found out about it, I said, that's interesting. I'm going to look up the uh, trailer and that seemed interesting to me. And then I really didn't hear much about it after that. Uh, but, you know, I was kind of keeping my eye on that date for its release. And uh, that day came and I watched it. This seemed like one of those movies where it could either be really good or it could be just kind of so-so, or, or even a bit of a flop. I, I was afraid it was going to be one of those movies where the synopsis was more interesting than the movie actually turned out to be. Uh, I was on the, the website for the movie theater where I watched this, and the, the synopsis went like this. In Moonfall, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact... In the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler 
is convinced she has the key to saving us all, but only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, and a conspiracy theorist, Casey Hausman, believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find out that the moon is not what we think it is. I remember reading that and thinking, oh, that sounds exciting, but I'll be the judge of that. So I went to see Moonfall, and right off the bat, I'm going to tell you what, it exceeded any of my expectations. Now, I'm going to try not to be too spoilery. Uh, we're going to get into some real spoiler territory at the end once uh, once I start. You know, I'll kind of give my uh, my non-spoilery synopsis, and then we'll kind of go into some more spoiler territory. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of delineate when you should probably turn away if you haven't or, or, or turn things off or, or come back later once I get to a certain point in the show and we are going to start getting into some spoiler territory. But right off the bat, uh, I, I really like the cast. Halle Berry plays Joe Fowler, she's a, a former NASA astronaut. Now she's kind of an executive uh, deputy director of NASA. And the movie starts out with her and Patrick Wilson, who I also a uh, big fan of his from uh, Conjuring and the Insidious movies. And he does a lot of cool genre stuff that that uh, I'm always a fan of. But he plays Brian Harper. And these two are astronauts that uh, I believe, I can't remember the exact year that this all kind of starts off in 2011, somewhere around there. They're on a space shuttle mission, uh, working on something. I don't know. I can't remember if it's a satellite or or what have you. But something happens. Some space anomaly happens, and somebody ends up dying in this in this mission. And Brian Harper feels betrayed by uh, by Joe Fowler when they're doing the you know the debriefing and the trying to find out what happened. But something happens out in space around the moon, and then flashes forward to 2021. And all of a sudden, we get John Bradley's character, Casey Hausman. Uh, he's a conspiracy theorist, and he he discovers that the moon is actually coming out of orbit and making its way towards Earth. Halle Berry's team, they end up coming to the same conclusion, but not after uh, John Bradley's uh, Casey Hausman figured this all out. And the movie pretty much boils down to uh, a matter of, you know, will anyone believe what can they do? Can they do enough in time to make this happen, uh, to save Earth? And the fallout of a disaster of this nature happening. Uh, you see a lot of what goes on in today's society when, when something happens and then civilized society just crumbles in into nothingness and we become like caged animals let loose, rioting, looting, destroying things, turning on one another. The worst of humanity comes out whenever we face any sort of crisis uh, of any sort of great magnitude, which is a, a sad commentary on our country and on the world in general. But that's the bulk of this story. Uh, we get a little bit of a side story. Halle Berry, uh, her ex-husband, her and him, you know, trying to, he's a, he's a member of the military, high ranking military official, uh, trying to get their, her and, and their son to safety. They have a, a foreign exchange student played by Kelly Yu. They're trying to get them to safety while, while 
Halle Berry's Joe Fowler is trying to figure out, you know, how, how to fix things. Patrick Wilson's Brian Harper also has an ex-wife and, and a son, played by Charlie Plummer. He goes by Sonny in this. His ex-wife has, has moved on and remarried, and they have uh, a couple other kids. But the, uh, the, the new husband, uh, Sonny's stepfather, is played by Michael Pena, and he... He really is a scene stealer in this. Uh, I, I enjoyed this whole cast. There's a lot of other uh, great names. Donald Sutherland has a, a little bit of a role in this. Some other faces and names you might remember. But uh, but Michael Pena really was, uh, <laughs> really was uh, a great bit of, uh, along with John Bradley, uh, Game of Thrones, Samuel Tarly fame, but uh, both of those two really were scene stealers in this because they brought a little bit of levity, a little bit of comedy, and both of them are good enough at what they do to be able to do it without being ham-fisted and stupid. Like the, I, I looked at this movie as what Don't Look Up could have been if Adam McKay wasn't trying to just be so political and be so satirical and this is this is what it could have been it could have been a good sci-fi movie uh if we didn't have jonah hill being jonah hill throughout the whole effing movie but you can have that sort of commentary on society you can have that little bit of humor and and snark and a little bit of fun with it, but it can also take it serious as a, a sci-fi piece. And I thought this this is what I wanted more. This is what I wanted Don't Look Up to be a little more of and not so much what it was. But there again, that wasn't this movie. They weren't trying to be this movie. Uh, I This movie is what I enjoy more. I am pure, enjoy pure science fiction. I don't want to be preached at politically or socially with science fiction being kind of the, the vehicle to scold me for not being a better person or not believing in this political party over that political party or, or whatever nonsense that they tried to do with Don't Look Up. But regardless, this really had a lot of fun things going on with it. Uh, it, it was a good, fun sci-fi romp. And that that may sound uh, sound a bit ridiculous for me to say, but as far as science fiction movies go, this had a lot of the cool things that I enjoy in a science fiction film. Uh, a lot of people could say it's very derivative of uh, stuff like uh, Independence Day, Deep Impact, Armageddon. And yeah, maybe it was. I mean, probably with good cause because Roland Emmerich, who actually did Independence Day, and uh, the, the guy's got a laundry list of accomplishments to his name. Independence Day, Universal Soldier, Stargate, the 98 Godzilla. I don't think I would talk about that too much if I were him. Um, stuff like The Patriot, 10,000 BC, 2012. Uh, just a ton of great science fiction and, and other types of period piece movies. I mean, the guy's done it all. The guy knows what he's doing. And yeah, if it, it felt a little Independence Day, uh, I, you know, he gets a pass because he did Independence Day. But it, it really had a lot of those fun science fiction fiction aspects uh it had the the fun of a disaster movie not that disasters are fun but just that that adrenaline rush of uh this impending doom is coming what are they going to do how are they going to stop this uh, that to me is fun and it's, it's exciting. And then you had little bits of humor and then you had good storylines you had good characters you had characters you 
cared about. You cared about Halle Berry and and her son and and whether she's going to get her son to safety with his with his father. You care about Patrick Wilson and, and what he's gone through where he witnessed this friend of his dying in space. Uh, he's a disgraced former astronaut and and now he's being asked to come back into the game to help save uh, save the world. Not to mention his uh, relationship with his son, Sonny, which is strained. His relationship with his ex-wife, which is strained. And, and working through those things, uh, that, that was interesting. It, it really locked me in. To have characters like John Bradley, who also has you know, a, a bit of a story. He's a conspiracy theorist. No one takes him serious. He's always wanted to be an astronaut, but uh, but he, he never did. And he's got a mom who's got uh, Alzheimer's. I, it I don't think they ever really say it out loud, but it's Alzheimer's. He's dealing with that, and you really care about this character uh, because he's found this information. He's just trying to do the right thing, just trying to help somebody else save the world until he gets thrust into the into one of the lead roles in saving the world. Uh, you got Michael Pena, who comes across as a little bit of a dick at first. He's the he's the stereotypical dick new husband to the the leading man's family, but then you kind of warm up to him because he's not. Yeah, you know, he kind of comes across as a dick, but that's just because of the circumstances. And you find out he really does care, and he's not a bad guy after all but he does it in such a great way that there's so many scenes that that i just laugh uh they're trying to get away at one point uh sonny harper the lead brian harper's son is is driving michael pena's uh, car uh, tom lopez is his character's name he's driving tom's car and tom's like okay let's kick it into overdrive and he turns the eco button off <laughs> It, it had some uh, fun moments of levity that I really enjoyed. And then you've got all these main players. They're all there with this last-ditch effort to send a space shuttle into space. And the space shuttle program has been ended for quite some time. So they had to get one of the old space shuttles, the Endeavor, out of a museum so they could launch it off. And, and then the, the problems that happen with that... And, and then we finally get to see Joe and, and Brian and KC. KC uh, has to go into space with these two astronauts, knowing he's never, he's never been, you know, probably never been out of the, the state where he lives. But uh, he's always wanted to be an astronaut, and now he gets his chance. And it's just, uh, it, w- it was a really enjoyable movie. Now, were there some problems with logistics and the actual science of things. Yeah, of course there were. There were some uh, minor plot holes where things happened that didn't quite make sense as to why they would go down this way. But I am a firm believer that you got to have some suspension of disbelief. I've said this on this podcast a hundred times. You'll hear it a billion more. Uh, You know, it's science fiction. Uh, Sometimes the science isn't going to pan out exactly how actual science is and i'm okay with that it doesn't have to be true to life i'm not going to the movies to see if i want a real life experience i'll go watch a documentary or i'll go watch some historical period piece uh when i go to see a movie about the moon crashing into earth i don't care if the science is exactly right 
So I'm sure there's going to be some reviewers and some critics out there that barely passed 12th grade science class that are going to be griping and complaining and bitching and moaning because the science wasn't spot on. But, you know, it, it didn't bother me. And the finale to all this, the big climax to all this Really, it took a, a bit of a twist from where I thought it was going to go. And we'll talk about that coming up once we get into some some spoiler territory. But uh, I, I have to say, uh, the one thing that uh, I, I really did like about this is that they did, they weren't afraid to go into some uh, really deep science fiction territory. Uh, because in the synopsis I read, it talks about how they find out the moon isn't what we thought it was. And John Bradley's character, Casey Hausman, he's a conspiracy theorist. And one of his big conspiracies is this idea that the moon is a construct. It's a super structure and that aliens made it and, and all this. And I, I really liked how they dug into that territory with his character because it, it added a bit of... Uh, not, not realism because you know that's that's well i mean i i don't know i've never been to the moon uh i i guess it's not real but but it added some some interesting flavor to the conversation of what's going on with the moon and why the moon may be doing what it is what knocked it off its course uh it all ties into the big space anomaly that happened 10 years prior when when joe and brian were in space and then their friend got killed it, it all ties together there but the discovery of of what actually happened there how it's affecting the moon now and what they're trying to do to stop it was was really uh an enjoyable watch and an enjoyable ride uh you know that i spent a lot of time kind of maybe not on the edge of my seat but really getting into to what i was watching and then enjoying what I was watching. Now, here's the point in the game, kids, where we are going to head into some spoiler territories. So uh, I, I got to say, for anybody who is going to stop listening because they don't want to hear spoilers, they haven't seen the movie yet, I did enjoy this movie. I thought it was a, a really fun movie, uh, a great action-y, blockbuster-y, science fiction disaster movie that I, I don't know why they released this in February. Uh, this had summer blockbuster written all over it. And, and I'm going to get into a little more of what I think about that uh, coming up uh, towards the end of the podcast. So you might want to flash forward or or what have you. If you don't care about spoilers, uh, then, then just keep listening. Come on along for the ride. But for anybody who's going to stop listening right now, I encourage you to come back after you've watched the movie so we can talk about the ending. I, I encourage you that if you haven't seen this movie, go check it out. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Is it a perfect movie? No, but but production quality, I think tonally it was it was a good movie. I thought the pacing was pretty good. The special effects were were out of this world. I mean, they spent a lot of money on this, 140 million. Then maybe there's uh, movies out there that uh, spend more money, but but I they spent the money wisely, and I thought all the special effects were, were spot on and really good. Was it a lot like some of those big space science fiction movies, Independence Day? Armageddon, stuff like that. Yeah, it was kind of like that, but it was different. It had enough different about it that made it interesting and enjoyable. And we're going to get into some of those differences coming up right now. So uh, spoilers are ahead. Be careful. You have been warned. 
So yeah, one of the one of the interesting things is I, I like how uh, things didn't go as planned. You know, they're planning this big launch into space to go take care of this this alien technology that is uh, burrowed itself into the moon and has caused the moon to go off course. And there's a scene where something happens. They send a probe up there. Something happens. This this swarm of alien, I don't know if it's nanotechnology. They never really explain it because they don't really know, which I, I, I like that. There wasn't just somebody in a bunker somewhere that just happened to know the secrets of what's going on, explaining everything. But but they guess at what this could be. And this, this alien technology comes out of the moon and the moon starts to drift back into its right orbit orbit and then the probe gets destroyed and it goes back down in and then starts crashing towards earth and then they really kind of delve into you know what they could do to take this out using emps and and stuff like that uh i I thought that was really kind of cool it it felt real it felt like you know if if they were going to do something this might be how you would you would handle an alien technology problem uh you know the military just wants to send nukes but the scientists and nasa and and people with more technological heads on their shoulders are are thinking uh, let's let's fight technology with technology so i thought that was kind of cool i liked how the um the initial launch for this was aborted and because, you know, you thought, OK, they're going to go up into the space. They're going to fix the problem, come back. I like how, you know, things didn't go as planned, but they had to adapt. Now, is it plausible that two astronauts and some guy that uh, I don't even think we find out exactly what John Bradley's character does for a living? Uh, he he poses as a janitor to uh, to get into somebody's uh, office, but he gets to go up into space and I, I don't know how plausible that is for somebody who has no training whatsoever. And John Bradley, he's got the physical fitness level of of me. And so I'm working on it, though. I'm working on it. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how he would do in space because I don't know how I would do going into space. But, you know, like I said, science fiction, suspension, of disbelief, all that jazz. But it was interesting to see how this all played out, because what made this different from things like Armageddon and Deep Impact is the fact that they did dive into the Casey Hausman conspiracy theory stuff about the moon being a, uh, a construct and a superstructure and how the, the the dust and rock on the outside of the moon is just a facade for a metal infrastructure that is being powered by a white dwarf sun and there's alien technology in there. And that to me was cool. That, that, that brought a different level of science fiction to to this movie that we don't get in like Deep Impact or Armageddon. They're just comets or asteroids that are just hurtling to Earth and they've got to save the day. This this has some uh, design to it, intelligent design, if you will. It's got, you know, aliens have... have Put this here, and I won't get into the all the weather twos and the Y fours of what the moon actually is, why it was sent there, because we could get into alien human races and them sending seeding other planets and the the benign AI technology and the malicious AI technology. That's, I mean, that's that's next level uh, 
science fiction chat that uh, I'm not going to get into. It's all interesting stuff. And it was all fun stuff. It was all made the movie so much more enjoyable than it just being the moon's crashing to earth just because global warming or just because uh, Trump did it or, or, or anything like that. Uh, I, I like that there was a reason behind it that wasn't necessarily natural and, and that we got to see a science fiction disaster movie where, yeah, it was the aliens that did it. Uh, that to me was kind of fun. I, I like that kind of thing. I like that sort of story to be told because you know what aliens scare the crap out of me sometimes to be quite honest but the other thing i really liked about it is i like how they went into the moon uh, they did have some interaction with the benign ai that is just trying to help humanity because it served humanity back you know wherever it came from and it's trying to hold off this malicious alien intelligence uh, artificial intelligence i like how we got to see that it felt like you know, getting to, to see Richard Dreyfus go into the alien spacecraft and talk to the aliens. It would have been like being able to see that. And, and I liked how we got a little bit of the history of where this superstructure came from and why this alien technology is trying to uh, send the moon crashing to, into Earth. That, that all uh, helped the movie make sense and help explain things. I don't need everything explained to me, but, you know, when you, you go down that rabbit hole of some sort of alien intelligence causing this, you, you've got to explain it to some degree. And I like that. Uh, you know, I really thought this was going to be a film where Patrick Wilson's character, Brian Harper, was going to sacrifice himself a la Bruce Willis in, in Armageddon. I, I thought it was going to be that thing. I was like, oh, God, okay, here here's the Armageddon moment. And somebody's going to be on Earth crying or, or what have you. But I like how they flip the script because, you know, Brian Harper, that character, had a lot to go home to. He just mended his relationship with his son, Sonny. You know, that was touching. Uh, you didn't want to see that end. You wanted him to go back and, and to be able to fix that. You got John Bradley, who, whose mother is, she has Alzheimer's. Uh, she barely remembers him on a day-to-day -day basis. Some days she doesn't remember him. Uh, he just wants to do something heroic. He just wants to do something with life. He's he's obviously a smart guy, and he's never amounted to what uh, he thought he would be and what he wanted to be to make his mother proud. And now she can't even remember who he is from day to day. He just wanted to do one thing, so he... He forces their hands, and he's the one that sacrifices himself. And I, I thought that was probably, <laughs> if I was going to shed a tear during that movie, that that moment, that was a bit of a uh, an emotional point in the movie and a, a little bit of a tearjerker. But they get back to Earth, and uh, they make it home okay because you gotta, you know, they gotta survive. You've got Sonny and Joe's son. Uh, along with uh, Kelly Yu playing the Michelle character, the Ford and Exchange student, uh, along with uh, Brian Harper's ex-wife and, and her two other daughters. Uh, they're all safe. Get a little budding relationship maybe between Sonny Harper and Michelle, the Ford and Exchange student. Uh, but that's maybe that'll be in uh, Moonfall Part 2. 
Uh, well, and we'll talk about if that's going to be a thing coming up. But I also liked the realism, if you will, of this movie. That one thing I don't like about natural disaster movies, science fiction movies, science fiction natural disaster movies, whatever, uh, when something bad happens, something catastrophic happens, and then once it's over, everybody just goes back to life as normal and everything's just fine. And and in this, it showed the wreckage of the world after parts of the moon broke off and 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 crashed towards earth and and destroyed things and killed people and and you got to see that fallout and you know that this world will never be the same afterwards because you look up into the sky and the moon has lost its natural stone and dust uh covering and you see this this construct this metal moon now orbiting earth and you know that's that reality, that universe that that's going on, and that is going to be their reality from from now into eternity. Uh, I, I like that. I like there's consequences for all the bad things that happen. And once people save the day and all is right with the world, the world is never going to be the same place that it was before all this happened. And I like how they showed that. Uh, to me, that, you know, in, in spite of all the science that uh, may or may not be accurate, uh, that to me adds a bit of realism to what's going on. The fact that the, the world is not the same place it was uh, at the end of the movie that it was at the beginning of the movie. Even if they rebuild everything to the way it was before, it's never going to be the same. And and to me, that's interesting. To me, that's good storytelling. And I think that's one of the things I liked about this. Yeah, maybe it was a little derivative of, of movies that have come before at times, but it was still good storytelling. It was good characters. And it was an enjoyable watch. And I got to say, Roland Emmerich did a, a fantastic job with this. I really enjoyed it. Is it high art? Uh, no. Is it uh, super accurate science fiction? Probably not. But, you know, like I said, I don't go to the movies for that. I go to be entertained and, and watch something that I can enjoy. And I enjoyed watching this movie. And that's what sucked about this because, you know, like I said, this felt like it could have been a big summer blockbuster movie. This felt like, you know, when Independence Day came out, uh, I remember going to the movie theater with my, my younger brother and watching it and just coming home being blown away that this didn't have that feel. It wasn't as big as Independence Day. It, it didn't feel as big, but it was still that kind of feeling. It just, I was like, wow, I, I'm surprised this is coming out when it did. And I, I don't know whether that was a studio thing, because like I said, this felt like a summer blockbuster, but they relegated it to the barren wasteland that is a February release date. And I don't know if it was because it may have been a little derivative of some movies that have come before it, that the studio didn't really put anything behind it, didn't really promote it. I know Lionsgate uh, spent about $35 million in promotions and advertisement. They only did about 12 just uh, just over $12 million in TV ads. Uh, but really, I, I didn't see much of this anywhere other than from the pages I follow that, that cover, you know, genre. Uh, I, I saw a little bit from them. I didn't see any TV ads for it. I didn't see any Facebook ads for it. And that's that's a shame that they, it doesn't feel like they, they promoted it the way uh, a movie of this caliber should have been promoted. Now, I know there were some rumors about it heading straight to Netflix uh, and not getting a theatrical release. I almost wonder if they shouldn't have just done that because they probably got more of a push from Netflix. Netflix, if anything, knows how to promote 
their own stuff. Maybe there was a ball dropped somewhere along the way with with the studio. Uh, that's not for me to say, but I know this was about a $140 million budget. Uh, last check, the box off was still under $30 million, about $9 million, some overseas. Uh, it's looking like it might not make its money back. But like I said, uh, when you don't promote a movie, of course it's not going to make People aren't going to know what it's about. Uh, it had to take me digging to, to read about this before I really knew uh, what this movie was going to be about and whether whether I was going to waste uh, my time and my money to go check it out. Luckily, what I saw of it, I was like, oh, this this does look interesting. This does look like something I want to talk about on my podcast and looks like something I might enjoy. I had some doubts going into it, but when it was all said and done, I I really enjoyed this movie. It was a fun, like I said, a, a fun ride. If you're looking for a science fiction disaster movie with a, a few twists and turns, some pretty good pacing. I mean, it went at a pretty good clip for the most part. Was it a perfectly paced movie? No, but no, very few movies are. But I enjoyed it. Now, I know critics, I think it's got like a 38% Rotten Tomatoes score. You know, whatever. Uh, sometimes I think critics are just there. That's that's what they do. All they want to do is criticize. Uh, they, all they want to do is tell you what this movie isn't and not that, hey, you know what, this, you might actually just enjoy it in spite of what they say. And it's a shame too, because I know last month in January, Emmerich talked about the possibility of filming two sequels back to back if the first film was a success. And I read a quote that uh, John Bradley said, if the uh, Roland Emmerich got to go down the direction he wanted to, that these sequels would be even more batshit crazy than the first. And, uh, you know, the the first one was kind of, wow, you know, with the whole moon being a construct, that was, I was not expecting that. You know, they brought it up early on, John Bradley, but John Bradley kind of seemed like the the really too smart for his own good type character where he made a little out there. But uh, once you realized he was right, uh that just all bets were off at that point and that made it that's what made it so fun for me as a viewer and to see where they could i mean they set it up to where we could get a a a sequel if if they wanted to uh there's a lot of territory you've introduced this ancient race of humans that sent this seeding construct to earth to to re to populate the planet and all the all the information inside this um, this structure that now Brian Harper knows and and harnessing that and there's just a lot of uh, info there's a lot of stuff to be tapped there's a lot of story to be tapped and a lot of story that that could be uh, really fun to tell but uh, unfortunately because like I said this got no promotion and obviously not many people have gone to see it. Uh, we're never going to see a sequel, which is which is quite a shame. Because like I said, uh, I really enjoyed this and would have enjoyed seeing more in the future. Now, have movies that have not done well in the box office gone on to have sequels? Uh, sure, but it's not looking good. But you know, keep my fingers crossed and hope that uh, Roland Emmerich uh, does get his opportunity. Hey, how long did it take? Independence Day was a huge success. <laughs> when it came out back in 1996 but it wasn't until 2016 that we got independence day resurgence uh, now did we need that one I, I don't know but talking about things going batshit crazy that one went batshit crazy so there's no all bets would be off there's no telling what 
what he would have in store for a Moonfall 2 and or 3. But uh, alas, like I said, probably not going to see that. But uh, I really enjoyed this. If you like a, a good science fiction story and a good science fiction adventure, uh, this this was an enjoyable watch. Was it the best movie I ever saw? No. Was it the worst movie I ever saw? Certainly not. Uh, I, I thought this was a, a really good movie, a fun movie. I I could have, you know, did I have to go to the movie theater to see it? I think I enjoyed it more in the movie theater, but I could have rented it and, and enjoyed it just as much. Uh, hopefully people do latch on to this when it comes to streaming. Hopefully maybe it hits a streaming platform or video on demand and, and people get a chance to see this because it, I, I quite enjoyed it. And I thought it was science fiction that was enjoyable, yet didn't take itself too serious. And I, for one, am glad I watched it. I hope you're glad you took a listen to what uh, my thoughts were on Moonfall. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and hopefully I didn't slur too much. Uh, I got this horrible toothache that uh, I've got to wait two weeks before I can get it pulled. I don't know if I'm going to make it that long without downing some whiskey and taking a pair of pliers to it. Well, we'll see. But thanks for listening, putting up with me and my aching tooth. Check out more on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop's Facebook page for everything that's going on with the podcast, what we've got coming up next week. We've got a couple things in store. We've got uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of shows starting to wrap up, uh, a lot of movies coming out, so uh, lots to talk about. But we'll keep you updated on all the all the new episodes that are coming out right there on our Facebook fan page. And of course you can also uh, check out uh, all the trailers that we're posting and finding articles from all over the internet on these genres that we love horror fantasy and sci-fi. So check that out. Odds Bodkin's curiosity shop on Facebook, like the page, share it, uh, like the, like the posts, all that jazz. And no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe, share it, uh, give us a review, five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you give us, we do appreciate all of your feedback, and we appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen and share this with uh, friends and family you know that love these uh, great genres, horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!